What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and visit our website, talklouderpodcast.com for swag, etc. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster, and we've got a great show today. I'm already yes, smiling. we do. Uh, We've got David Roach from Junkyard on the show today, Yay. and uh, I just know this is going to be a doozy because that guy is so much fun, and uh, he's just raw and unrehearsed and doesn't mind speaking his mind. And I just and, and you guys have a history together that people are going to learn about. You actually, yeah, we've known each other. We've known each other since 1981. Wow. Yeah. So you guys, when you think about <clears throat> the years, that's uh that's old man years. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's that that goes back a ways. You guys even went to high school together, and we'll talk about that with David. Um, most people may not know that. So let's get right into it with David Roach. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, David Roach, singer for Junkyard. Yay. We Greetings from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> Guideline. Wow. I like it. Wow, you're in that Cleveland, could, huh? Hello. It could be any uh, any city in the world if you close your eyes a certain way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Like How are it. you, man? Imagination. Yeah. How you doing? I'm well. Good, I'm good. Compared to Midland. Yeah. I suck. <laughs> now I'm good. <laughs> Well, uh, we're glad you could join us today. Thanks for being here, man. Um, Thanks for the invite. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a big junkyard fan, so I got all kinds of stuff to talk about. But uh, I think we should first start with uh, you and Jason have a history together that goes all the way back to high school. And uh, when I first moved to Austin in '95, Jason and I became friends. I was over at his house one time, and uh, he was showing me. Uh, his high school yearbook and you had signed his yearbook and he had signed yours or something. And the messages were something similar along the lines of, you know, see you when we make it or whatever. You both had aspirations of making music a career and, uh, and you did. And uh, so tell us a little bit about how you guys met and ran into each other in high school and just kind of bring us up to date. Well, I don't know if I, um, it, Jason and I met at high school or work first because Jason, uh, we worked at the same steakhouse in Austin and uh, I was the, I was a cook and he was a dishwasher and uh, Jason used to be in the back with his little cassette player rocking Saxon or something and put lemon juice in his hair to bleach it out and, <laughs> and he'd wear a full gauntlet while he was washing dishes and just singing the whole time. <laughs> and um heavy metal and yeah we went to high school together and we dated briefly but it didn't really work out so uh but we remained friends <laughs> well um, i thought it was i thought it was cool that your your family worked there yeah the whole family worked there yeah your family worked there and i i uh i, I recall great just just good times and good vibes with your whole family yeah uh and uh you might be, yeah, the roaches, the fun bunch. I, I, uh, I don't, I, that's a good question. It would hurt my brain cell uh, too much to actually un uncover the truth of, of the origin of, well, was it at the, the restaurant was called Another Raw Deal. So was it mm -hmm. at Another Raw Deal or was it at Austin High? And I want to think that it was in art class. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Another, and then, another because I think that I had gotten the 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 dishwashing gig after, and it was I was probably just seventeen. I got you in the door, man. Yeah, you did. <laughs> seventeen. Another uh, another raw deal sounds like the title of a junkyard album. <laughs> it was a great place. It was cool. Yeah, it was. They a had hub. a big sign. They had a big sign as at the exit that said, "It'll be better next time." <laughs> Pretty rock and roll. It was kind of a rock and roll place to play. They, it was a. Uh, it might have been right around the thundercloud, uh, you know, beginnings of that, where, you know, uh, all all your hippie buddies were working at Thundercloud Subs, which is an Austin original, 
And then, you know, it's safe to say another raw deal was not a chain restaurant. There was one, <laughs> there was one closer to downtown or East 6th Street called Raw Deal. And then West 6th Street, another raw deal. And that's where all of this thing started. But Billy, a lot of musicians, Billy Problem and, uh, and, uh, people from Larry Seaman and his, and Shoshona from the Standing Waves. And yeah, lots, yeah. lots, of, lots of musicians passed through those yeah, doors. Ty, Ty Gavin, I mean, punching a clock. Yeah, yeah. Ty Gavin and, uh, and just members of, of punk rock and hard rock bands. Yeah. Uh, and I was the headbanger amidst that crowd. <laughs> I was taken in like a lost dog. <laughs> it was great. You fit in just fine. It was great, man. <laughs> it was it really, really good times, and I'll never forget it. And uh, yeah, it was and, uh, Later in in later years, uh, later later eighties, I should say, uh, that that poison video came out. I don't know what song it was, but I, it opens up with a dishwasher with his hair in a ponytail and yes. he's a boombox, and people are like, "Dude!" And the guy even looked like me. Yeah, yeah I remember like, that totally. I thought about that years. Right. Jason, you're the guy in the poison video, and I'm like, more than you fucking know. <laughs> it might have been uh, "Ain't Looking for Nothing But a Good Time." Maybe yeah, that that's it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and, I think. And, they, and then the the boss comes in. He goes, "You." You've got two speeds. Slow and stop. Move it. <laughs> Turns wow. off the radio. <laughs> Memorized it. Uh, well, I remember the wait staff like opening the swing door and like, you know, the, the dishwasher shit is right there. Like just cracking yeah. the door going, Jason, that's way too fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, not to mention it was Merciful Fate or Venom or something right after yeah. Saxon. So they're probably getting, <laughs> oh, you dad in hell. <laughs> you know, they're hearing... Satan wash dishes. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, man, these are great yeah. beginnings. So, Davey when, Jones, Davy Jones worked there too. Jesus, yeah, Davy Jones from the Hickoids. Hickoids, yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's fucking legend. It was. Wow. Yeah, my, my my memory's failing me now, but yeah, there are a lot of musicians worked there. Wow, from you know, some of them not as long as others, but <laughs> they're musicians. <laughs> <laughs> but early, early days in the in the Roach family, uh, kind of being staple there as well, and good good times. And the, and then our our times at high school, I don't remember us being like really chummy in high school, like hanging out all the time and shit. But you knew the right. same people that I knew, and there were these total connections the entire time. Well, there was the smoking section in the back. You didn't smoke, but. But that that was kind of the gathering place for all the misfits. Right. When you think about the Breakfast Club and you think about all the John Hughes <laughs> movies and the duckies and the and the, the dazed and confused scenes and things like that where everything's all clicky, you know, I believe and I'm gonna go on a limb here and I maybe you can correct me, but I feel like you and I mm -hmm. were were able to hang out with the jocks and the hippies. And the nerds, whatever. I feel like you and I were able to sort of get along with everyone and still have our have our opinions. Excuse me, and and also just be who we were in those right. clips. I don't remember ever getting in into any. And I thought that was interesting when I moved to Austin because I was still a newbie up from Corpus. You know, eighty eighty one. That was me, brand new around here in Austin. And uh, it wasn't like that growing up down in Corpus. It was, it was the jocks were, were not into you if you wore a Kiss t-shirt every day. They didn't understand that. And my I, my philosophy is is because their parents wouldn't let them dress like that or wear their hair <laughs> however they wanted. There was no individualism. It was more like you're going to – and that's what rock and roll is for. You know, those kids were like, you know, their parents, I just feel sorry for them a little bit. Or maybe I don't. Fuck them. But it was yeah. kind of like a, uh, if you're going to live in under this roof, you're going to dress like this. And if you're the, if you join the football team, you're going to be the fucking quarterback. And when you join the army, you're going to, you're going to be the general. And there was no, it was, it was fail and be, and it was, it was kill or be killed under their house. There was no like individualism whatsoever. It was right. It, be, it wasn't creativity wasn't encouraged. No, not at all. And but, that's but, what. 
that's what's great about about Austin and what I learned about the kids at Austin High, you know. So, well, the first year I went there because I transferred from Travis over to Austin, and there was four punks there. It was me and Carla Epler from Toxic Shock and uh, a couple of younger guys. And one day the entire senior class was supposed to beat us up. What? And there was, there was guys with pipe wrenches and shit. And so they called us into the office and they suspended us because they said we were a uh, distraction by the way we dressed. <laughs> but never mind the guy with the pipe wrench. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really get too tight with the jocks. Uh, I, eventually I did. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I won that. I, I, I was the homecoming king. And the way I got that gig was because of all the misfits, you know, you know, it was like a rebellion, you know, again. Yeah. And the jocks were bummed. Oh, I'm you sure. know, because I because I was friends with the, you know, the rockers, the yeah. special ed kids, you know, yeah. everybody. So well, that's there, what, was, that's, there was more of us than them. I guess that's what I recall about those good years between like uh, 80 and like 82. That's what I, that's what I, exactly what I remember about it. And Miss mm -hmm. Stubbs, our art teacher, was probably the coolest teacher on campus. Miss uh, Griffith. Letting you guys bring in uh, records and stuff. And I, I learned a lot mm -hmm. from the records you brought in. And I'm, You turned me on to Motorhead. That's I'm sick. eternally grateful. <laughs> you remember that? You're welcome. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I brought in Ace yeah, you brought Spades. Me Ace, you, you brought in Ace of Spades one day. Cause I think on Fridays or something, we could all bring records in and yeah. play them. Or, um, yeah, and you brought in Motorhead. And you you got to check this band out. They're fucking cool. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah wow. thanks. So, uh, top on more speed, you know. So, Jason, what did, uh, what did Roach turn you on to? If, if you turned him on to Motorhead, what I remember, I remember him bringing in shit like Grandmaster Flash. Oh, yeah. Wow. I remember you bringing in like, uh, like probably Fear and Circle Jerks and, yeah, I yeah, mean, Grandmaster. I had, had that kind of stuff going on via, uh, Randy, my brother, right? Yeah. Who was hanging out with your brother and yes. all the Burtons and, Yes. And Rob Buford and, and the mm -hmm. younger and Felix and the younger punk kids, you know? Yes. Uh, and so I was I was already turned on to fear and circle jerks who are still to this day my favorites. Those records that came out in 1980 are still number one to me. I yeah. uh, this was pre Watchtower. And when I joined Watchtower, they were unaware because they and I don't mean to throw those guys under the bus because they're they're kings in their own right, but their attitude was a little bit too leaning into you know punk is for people who can't play their instruments kind of a they just didn't know bless their souls, and I go you are so we had to learn That's how we are, learned right you are so full of shit. <laughs> uh, let me let me un unveil this, and I turned them on to fear the record and group sex by circle jerks and they changed their their underwear immediately like they knew exactly <laughs> they were like holy christ you know they 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 completely changed their religion after that so nice. uh, i saw yeah. billy white a couple years back uh with alejandro really really hmm. yeah well yeah. I, think he, I think he toured with uh alejandro escovedo's band i don't recall what they were called at the time solo i don't remember either yeah, sensitive boys. Okay. But yeah, um, he. Al, I didn't recognize him, but Alejandro at one point, you know, introduced the band and it was a Billy White. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, crazy. he's he's like a uh, he's a monk now. He's a priest. Really? Yeah. He yeah he he does. Uh, I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, are you are you being facetious or no? You never saw it yes. coming. Yeah, from, usually. Yeah, right. <laughs> from heavy metal shredder to monk priest. And you know what? I ran into him fairly recent uh, during lockdown, actually. I hooked up mm -hmm. with him for coffee. Mm -hmm. And we just actually sat on a park bench and just chatted. And it was it was great. And, you know, he's always been kind of a wonder kid. And everybody everybody knows that. So, yeah. you know, this, he's just completely this like spiritual still plays, uh, raising his son. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was great. So 
good good Billy stories. Uh, Metal Dave, throw another one yeah. at Mr. Roach, so, please. So I wanted to know, um, uh, David moved out to California uh, and eventually got signed uh, to Geffen Records um, as as the front man for Junkyard. And Dangerous Toys stayed in Austin and got signed. So you guys kind of drifted apart. Uh, David went out to California. Jason kind of stayed put. Um, but your career started to sort of take off at the same time. You were signed around the same time. Your debut album came out around the same time. You were on the uh, our videos. Oh, our yes. videos debuted back to back on on uh, Headbanger or, or whatever. On yeah, Headbanger's Ball. Yeah. Like it's an early version of it. Uh, in that summer of '89, it's like yeah, our so video came on, and right after it, fucking what? Right after it, you know, it's like they, we couldn't have planned that. That's some crazy synchronicity right there. So you guys yeah. are miles apart. I want to throw uh, this in there too. I think, David, were you in a band called the Strapados? Am I saying that right? Strapados. I have a flyer where Watchtower is playing a gig with Strapados. I have a flyer. Really? That, yeah, that would have been later, just before. Didn't you have that band before you moved to Hollywood? Yeah, and I moved yeah. out with Johnny, the drummer. And my guitar player, who didn't end up staying with the band, but yeah, right. Chris, right? No, uh, a guy named oh. Max, who wrote, then, uh, who co-wrote Hollywood. Okay, and the, when did Chris, uh, did Chris come out later? Or I didn't know that. No, Chris, Chris was already living in LA. He'd oh, been okay. living there about a year and was still oh. trying to put a band together. So when we got out there, you know, we hooked him up, or you know, looked him up, and uh, he was working at a clothing store called Die Laughing. And we didn't have any place to stay, so he let us stay in the shop one night. And the owners came in in the morning and fired Chris. And then <laughs> <laughs> we were all homeless. So rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. That is Hollywood, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, so, so uh, man, that is crazy. So you guys, uh, your videos, your, your debut videos debut back-to-back -back on Headbangers Ball on MTV. Uh, did you guys were you able to call each other and go, dude? Did you see that or how? What was the? You know? well, no, we just went on tour together instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I was. A couple going. of months later, actually, September '89, that would have been. So our videos, kind of, the debuts of those records, uh, Hollywood, and just debut teasing, you know, the teasing, pleasing, uh, the first Toys record, would have been like mid May, May 9th. I think ours came out May 9th of 89 and yours would have been right after or right before. I got no mind for that stuff. All good. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. The fact is that, that my, know, my drummer knows all the chronological yeah. stuff. I'm, he has I'm too brain damaged. He has the elephant memory. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I remember uh, when we were touring, like one of the first couple nights we all got loaded and um, we put all the pool, uh, the patio furniture from the pool at the hotel into the pool and we're just sitting around <laughs> on the furniture in the pool. And yeah, we got in, we, we were acting like rock stars, I guess. But yeah. uh, your management, I think from that point on made sure that our hotels were like on the opposite <laughs> sides of whatever town we were in. <laughs> That, we were very, very good is, influence on each other. That is hilarious. They they pulled it. The, remember that? No, they they pulled the scout leader shit. Y'all need not yeah. be hanging around with those ne'er do wells. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get good it. Management. But I didn't. I didn't really realize. I didn't realize that that that's what it was. Maybe. Uh, maybe you've probably told, already gone to bed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's probably true. But, but Danny to, and yeah, a couple of the other guys. We. Uh, we got pretty stupid. I'm going to Danny, Danny, Aaron from, from my band. Yeah. Jumped yeah. in with you guys. Yeah. And maybe yeah. Mike Watson. Yeah. yeah. Da Danny and Mike Watson, you know, if it wasn't Mike and uh, Mark Gary, uh, like just getting completely blotto, it was, it was, Dan if Mark had gone to bed, Mike hooked up with Danny because Danny was looking for trouble. All <laughs> yeah. <the time. laughs> well, him and Brian Baker got, in some trouble in LA. Um, they were out partying one night. I think Baker got a DUI that night. Oh shit. Ooh, man. Um, so how Danny long was along for the ride. 
Wow. Did this tour last junkyard and, and dangerous toys. How long were you out together? Probably, I don't know, three or four weeks. Yeah. We did and, Florida. I feel like we were in Florida for like a week. Wow. Like half of it was Florida. So that's a pretty good tour. And you're so, and you, if you're in Florida, then you basically cover the country. So I guess. Uh, well, we started, uh, where did we start that? Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. I, we played this place. No called, idea. We played this place called. Um, you got a steel trap for a memory. I'm telling you, man. Uh, comes up with. We, we played. Uh, I remember the club across the street because we played it the, like a month before. It was that was place was called First Rock. It was called Mid something Midnight. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. And that was in St. Louis. That could have been the first night or maybe the second night. Uh, but I do remember playing with you guys in Portland, Oregon, uh, and John Bush from Armored Saint showed up and I lost my mind because he was a pimp <laughs> from the old days and we had half of Armored Saint's road crew out with us and their sound man. So, oh, wow. you know, it might've been our tour manager that pulled that. Like you guys can't stay at the same hotel as Junkyard. Yeah, I'm sure it was, yeah. And when we were, awesome. and then we were bum kids, probably for just a minute, going, "Oh man, we wanted to like, <laughs> we wanted to play rock star with those guys." Uh, yeah. we, well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, you hear how much Jason can remember about all that stuff? Jason well, uh, is your brain, and I'm your brain on drugs. Struggling, I'm still <laughs> struggling a little bit, uh, but it was a it was a good time. But I do remember where we ended it. Do you remember that? Was at no. a water park in Big Surf called Big Surf in Tempe, Arizona, with Faster Chris okay, yeah. on the bill. Mm -hmm. I remember and that. I think, I I think that's that. the only time I ever saw Chris Gates cry. What was he crying about? We were. The, it was the end of the tour for us. Oh, we were all we emotional. Were, we were done, and we got emotional because it was like such a. It was perfect. Dangerous Toys yeah. and Junkyard have always had this really cool. Uh, just because it's dirty rock and roll and it didn't really fit in with what was happening. It's not Sunset Strip. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. not. So, so, so from there, uh, you know, the three of us have heard or told this story a million times, but it never gets old, at least to me. And, and we've got a new audience listening. So I wanted David to talk briefly about, uh, for those who don't know, uh, shortly thereafter, I, I would imagine, um, you guys, Junkyard, took out uh, the Black Crows for, as their as your opening act on their first national tour. They were your opening band. Yeah, whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. You know, hit hit songs. See? I don't know. Yeah. So my question is, <laughs> I saw that show at the back of Austin. Yeah. So so did uh, did their star start to rise on that tour, or did that kind of happen after yep. you guys were done? Now they were taken off. I mean, we, you know, I remember like we were playing the stone in San Francisco and, uh, and Hetfield was there and I was like, James Hetfield's here. Man, I was telling Brian Baker. Her, I was like, was so cool. There and, and Baker was like, they're not, he's not here to see us. <laughs> I like, Damn well, it. I, 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 uh, I, they, they approached me, Kirk and James and, uh, they said, uh, they said, hey, dude, what's up? And I was freaking out because total fanboy, as Mr. Yeah, Rick knows, I'm a, I'm a fanboy. And uh, and I'm like, whoa, what's up, guys? And they're like, we're here to see you. And I, I couldn't speak after that. Wow. We're here to see you. <laughs> you know, they were paying it forward a little bit. And that would have yeah. been 89. And they were already fucking gods at that yeah. point. In 89. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so. Uh, the Black Crows start to take off a little bit while they're on tour with Junkyard. Um, did they leave, did their popularity grow to a point where they had to leave the tour and go do their own thing, or did they finish out the tour with you? No, they finished it. I mean, you know, it was another like maybe three, four week run. So okay, you know, yeah, they. But yeah, their their star was rising quickly. So did they ever offer to return the favor? <laughs> Not yet. God damn it, Robinson. <laughs> I was so cool to that guy. Yeah. Now we began, we, we, we were tight. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had any contact with them since, but uh, like he never had vocal lessons or anything. And I had like these tapes, 
like warm up tapes and stuff. And I let him come on to our bus because they were in a van at the time, and uh, and warm up with my with my cassettes. That's cool. And wow. uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Wow. Fun tour. That's awesome. And and I've always thought that was a really cool bragging right. If you don't brag about it, I'll brag about it for you because I right. thought that was really so, cool. So to so to be clear on the Dangerous Toys Junkyard Tour or the Junkyard Dangerous Toys Tour, your preference. I can't remember who opened for who. Mm, it doesn't even matter. So James if we traded James, off or something. James and Kirk were at that show. So that means <laughs> they were also at the stone again to see you and the black crows just to be clear for listeners or whatever wow i would put my money on they were big dangerous toys fans and uh black crows fans we just happened to be i would i would doubt that i think that all of their drinking buddies were just there to see the rock show and they get in free at the stone and they drink free at the stone enough said it's the local yeah. rock club. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't sell yourself short and I won't do this. I will do the same. <laughs> and then and then the other story that always comes up when when we're talking junkyard is uh, another thing I've always thought was really cool is the fact that Axel Rose had so many photos taken wearing a junkyard t-shirt and those I think he did a photo shoot and there was actually some promo official promo photos for Geffen Records that went out that have him wearing the junkyard shirt. And then there was candid shots of him on stage, et cetera. Um, and I know the story. It was That's advertisement of, you can't buy. Yeah, Thank right. You. Exactly. And I know that it was, you know, a bit of a what I call a happy accident that, that he ended up wearing the shirt. But I know, you know, he was also a fan of the band. So did you guys were you guys, did, did you guys hang out at all or were you, were you like drinking buddies or were you just kind no, of no. respectful of no. each other as being guys? What happened was we were playing the show and um, Axel and Duff and Slash maybe um, were there and we happened to, you know, Chris Gates used to uh, do a silk screening, you know, making t-shirts. So we DIY'd it and made a bunch of junkyard shirts in our living room. And we just had him to throw out, you know, for promotion or whatever. And so that night they came in, we had free t-shirts, Axel got one. And like the next day, I think they had a big photo shoot. And then I think he wore, wore it live once or twice. But yeah, there's a few photos of him with that. And it definitely helped. <laughs> I saw yeah. it in like Hit Parader magazine or something, him, like a solo shot of him standing there. But yeah. I want to make this point right here. And I was talking about this earlier with someone, you know, I, there's, there's one thing I learned from Mr. Roach and Chris Gates and these guys is in the DIY thing and the way like, uh, you know, like <clears throat> the metalheads learned it from the punk rockers or the metalheads, I, the metalheads I hung out with learned how to do it from the punks. Use your fucking resources. So yeah. David just said, you know, Man, that's promotion that you can't pay for. You can't buy that kind of kind of headline. You can't buy that kind of, you know, publicity. You just can't. Yeah. Well, the okay. fact that the fact that that just happened like automatic, like a magic, just <laughs> same time and space just happened. To yeah. There and right time, right place. Yeah, and they they had a photo shoot the next day, and here's this clean mm -hmm. laundry that I just got, whether I can name one junkyard song or not. I'm going to put it on and look he actually what came up. He came up. He actually came on stage and did, um, Oh, it's fucking nice. Awesome. Not nice boys. Um, one of the boys, one of the boys. Rose right oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Fucking great. And that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking mm. awesome. I've always thought that was really cool too. And so, and speaking of well-dressed gentlemen, uh, David, uh, your band is famous for the denim jackets and, uh, all the patches that cover those jackets. I once described you guys as sort of the denim version of the Ramones. Um, how how often do you uh, this one? Yeah, there you go. No, the, no the other one. <laughs> well, so that's my question. That's my question. How many jackets have you been through, or how often do you change out the patches, or give us some sense of the maintenance involved in these jackets, or how many you've lost, had, and how many you've replaced, etc. I had that jacket for 30 years, 
maybe like three or four years ago, it was literally disintegrating. So I took all the patches off and I got a new jacket and sewed them all back on again. So you sew them yourself? You do this yourself? Well, I have to admit, I uh, it was a little it, kind of a project. So I took it to a uh, tailor or a, yeah, and, um, and told them to put them exactly where they were from the old one. And yeah. then I've added to them since because um, I think my old jacket shrunk because it didn't fit as well. 30 yeah, years that, later that happens so the one i have now is a little bigger so it has more space so i could <laughs> yeah that's that's that happens to everybody i think <laughs> but i wanted to say in case you didn't catch this i have a painting that i did in miss griffith's art class of these guys hanging on a stoop in new york and it, it, one guy's got a jacket you know a a, a jacket vest with a spade on the back and it says that. Bronx spades. I saw that post. And, and that was totally, I mean, I didn't even think about it when Chris Gates came up with the idea and we stole that, um, the, that logo, the, you know, the spade with the floral wreath yeah. thing yeah. from a motorhead flyer. When we first moved to town, um, motorhead was playing at the Santa Monica Civic. And we were, you know, trying to figure out a logo or whatever, and we stole it right off of a flyer. <laughs> I actually got to tell Lemmy that story because um, he used to, Jet Boy used to have parties all the time at their place. And uh, Lemmy would always be there. And so I got the courage to talk to him one night. And I was like, yeah, um, we, we, we totally stole your logo from a flyer. And he was like, oh, well, my, fucking I, good luck to you, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, then I, I asked him for a swig of his Jim Beam because he had a bottle of Jim Beam. And he's like, oh, yeah, fucking that. And I took it and I dropped it on his boot. And he was like, oh, yeah, fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a very nice man, though. Yes. <laughs> so Very uh, cool guy. So over the years, um, you, you've had – you've had different members come in and out of the band. And so going mm -hmm. back to the jackets, have you ever had to like, you know, supply a jacket for the new guy in the band or do they, do they come into the thing ready knowing that it's part of the gig? Well, um, I think they, you know, they got a back patch or something and then it was up to them to figure out how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The reason I ask you about it, whether or not you sewed the patches on yourself is because uh, I've got a couple jackets that, you know, have the patches and stuff, but I have to rely on super glue, man. I, I they either have to, oh, be that's a good idea. Yeah. It's either got to be an iron on or super glue or else I safety pin the patches all over my jacket, but I've never been able to sew them on myself. <laughs> yeah. You, I learned how to sew a long time ago. Yeah. Me too. Good skill. You start with the safety pins and then you sew you sew yeah. a corner, you take a break yeah. for about six months. You sew another <laughs> corner, you take a break for six months. Yeah. So uh, uh, you guys uh, went on hiatus for 27 years or something like that after the sixes, sevens, and nines record. You did two albums for Geffen, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and then you came back in 2017 with the album High Water, which I love, man. I, I think I spun that record. Probably that and L.A. Guns, The Missing Piece have probably been the two records that I've listened to the most in the past five years. And I, I love the High Water cool. record. Um, Thanks. I think, I think it stands up to anything you've ever done. And uh, so... And so then you gain some momentum because of that record. And then you put out uh, old habits die hard and right. it was burning. And I know you're currently working on uh, some new songs, a new album. Uh, can you give us a little update on the progress of the, the new album? I've heard lifer and I've heard last of a dying breed. And it, it sounds like you're off to a great start. I think this might be our best record. Um, I don't know how, uh, soon we're going to be able to get it out um those songs you mentioned we're going to release i think in august as a single and a b-side and then we're going to continue to write we're about two-thirds of the way there for a full album but it's 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 coming along well wow what i've heard so far is it's as soon as you turn it on it's like what this sounds like junkyard yeah and then i hear <laughs> i hear you sing and i'm like 
I like being right. Yeah. <laughs> so there, well, yeah. it sounds like junkyard because like because we were, you know, there was a 26 year gap between records. There wasn't a lot of time for, you know, experimenting with new sounds or growing as a band or any emotional maturity or anything. So we just kind of started where we left off. Thank God. Yeah. No Learn, kidding. Right. Yeah. 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 We didn't do our, we didn't ever do our jazz exploration. Right. You didn't uh, learn how to play uh, synthesizer solos or anything. And that right. gap, you just you kept your dirty old microphone and that's all you go need. grunge or anything yeah. like that. So we didn't bring uh, a symphony in or anything. There was a, a story that Tim, your guitarist, told uh, me and Jason. The last time we saw you, um, you were in town uh, playing with Broken Teeth. The, the bill was Junkyard and Broken Teeth here in Austin. And mm -hmm. we were back in the, the green room area or whatever you call it with you guys. Mm -hmm. And Tim was telling us about the song Lifer. And mm -hmm. he told a story. And I, I, I mentioned this to Jason. I don't think he remembers it as well as I do. But... Tim was saying something about the song was kind of in the works and you were looking for a title for the song. And somehow uh, Jason came up in conversation and I, I know what take it from here. Well, I think because um, I just read that, too, and I, I wasn't even aware of it. But uh, uh, Brian Baker, who still writes with, with us, uh, him and Tim were working on the song. And Jason came up and uh, Baker was like, how's Jason doing? And um, Tim was like, you know, you know, you know, Jason, he's a lifer. And, and they went, they both just went, bam, that's it. Rock and roll lifer. Yeah. So he he inspired the title of the song. And then now that I've heard the song and I hear the lyrics, I, I don't know if the if the lyrics were already put together and the title came along and the chorus came along later or whatever. But uh, it's a very fitting song, um, and the idea that Jason was sort of the inspiration in some in some indirect way is pretty cool. <laughs> well, pretty I'm direct just, to me. Glad, <laughs> glad I was just standing on the side of the road going, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, doing, just, my, I'm just doing that's my what Jason thing. is, man. He's a, he's been a lifer. He's been uh, it, metal or rock music has been his thing since. Since he was a kid, and he never stopped. Yeah, and I know, uh, I know. Todd told me that you guys—he's currently editing a video or something. You got a video yeah. coming out. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, we um, we shot it in Cat's garage, same garage we shot uh, "Faded" from Perfect. High Water, and um, and it was another. Uh, performance thing which we've done for the last three or four videos but i wanted to um splice in like still shots of what song is know, this by the way lifer okay it's lifer all right yeah and i wanted to splice in photos so we all you know everybody in the band submitted photos for the idea and it's like just you know old shots of us when we were young um lots of iconic rock photos but kind of off the beaten path we could find them you know you know shots of debbie harry and joey ramone or motorhead and or you know peter tosh just we wanted to have the whole gamut you know of all these you know great yeah. bands of people who influenced us or whatever and just kind of you know bam 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 shot after shot so kind of you know for the those diehard fanboys they'll have to be pressing pause every two seconds to figure out who's in the photos you know <laughs> well if you do that. it if you have it fast enough and you you can have a giveaway like a contest you know name yeah. name all of the still shots in the lifer video <laughs> and you get a free t-shirt you get a free backpack <laughs> that's a lot of work for a free t-shirt <laughs> well i love that i love that i love that concept that's an awesome concept it's dude. not a lot of work if you're the right kind of fanboy Right. So when does the video come out? I don't know. Soon. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't imagine they would put it out before the single comes out, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't live in that end of the fucking world. That, right. that, that's not my wheelhouse. Everybody yeah. else takes care of the business to yeah. my detriment. I just take no interest in that 
That's all right. Well, <clears throat> I got to plug in. Hang on. That's all right. I feel like uh, in in bands, you know, everybody wears a, a hat. You know, like this is the the media guy, and this is the, you know, sure. it's kind of like a. It's a team. Yeah, yeah, it's a team. You gotta, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta. Defense. Everybody has their strengths. Yeah, you got a defense. You got an offense, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So when you you came back with High Water in 2017, and so did you guys have any? aspirations of it being sort of a, a fresh starting block to continue this again for any length of time or was it kind of did you go into high water just thinking you know what we got some songs kicking around we got a record deal let's knock out a record see what happens and you know was there a plan for this to continue because obviously you've built some momentum and some traction now and i i think you're it seems to me except for covid you guys are a pretty active band again yeah, and we're about to get busy again. But um, I mean, we did. I mean, we were we were gigging, we were playing around before High Water, um, but we weren't actively seeking a, a deal. We were, but in the meanwhile, we were you know writing a little bit in you know in case we did get an opportunity. So um, it worked out. You know we we had a couple of deals dangled in front of us that didn't work out. And then we uh, hooked up with acetate records and uh, got it done. And, and you're right. I don't know, you know, junkyard is pretty high energy as far as our performance and stuff. And we're getting to up there the least, to say the least. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I don't want to do it if I can't do it. 110%, you know, bringing the energy every night. Yeah. Um, but it's, an, you know, and COVID, that was a, you know, I figured we had a few years maybe. And that COVID was a bummer because we just lost a whole year there. But um, I mean, it's going to get pretty ridiculous trying to act like teenage punk rockers when we're 60s, you know? Right. <laughs> Well, I think uh, your shows are, I've always told people that your shows bring out the rowdies, all, all the rowdy people come out. And, you know, some of that I think is because I'm based in Austin and you've got roots in Austin and you've got a lot of, all, you know, old school, longtime friends and family. And so yeah. there's, there's a, already a built in rowdy component, but <laughs> it's pretty amazing to watch. You know, I like to be in the front row and singing every word, but a junkyard show, I might just take a few steps back. <laughs> Look, when we played um, ACL, their little second stage thing. Yeah. Um, I think there'd only been one rock show prior to, to us, and that was Y&T or something. Mm -hmm. And so we went on stage within like, like halfway through the first song, there was a pit and people were getting thrown out and, and they, they, they were, a little hesitant because they didn't know how a rock show would work there. Um, and then we were a little worried because it was such a fiasco. Um, they were like, Oh man, I wonder what they thought of that. But the owners loved it. And the, like the bouncers were going, this is the first time I've had to do anything the whole time I've worked here. Yeah. So, so they were, <laughs> Junkyard gave, so they were gave the staff something, something to fucking do. And the bartenders were fucking busy as shit. Too. I was just so say. The, the, all, the complete staff loves it because, uh, you know, the tip jars were full. Uh, the bouncers got to throw somebody out and then make friends with them and let them back in yeah. because that's how it is. Yeah. That's how you, yeah. you guys yeah. are. That's how your fans are. That's how your family is. So, well, and yeah. thank you. Whatever. And that's how, um, that, that's, that's like every junkyard show that bartenders love us because our fans drink like fish. <laughs> so they, they always have a good bar night when we're playing. Yeah. And that, that particular venue had you back. So everything must have been just fine. Mm. For a third time, coming up, broken toy, uh, broken teeth. Yeah. Coming up for a third time. Yeah. This that, December. Right. Right. Jason, we're playing together again. Yeah. We're, we're gearing up for another broken teeth junkyard night at uh, 310 live that ACL. I, I like so how, good. I like how Roach called it the ACE, the second stage. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> is. It's like the, in it the is. basement. It's the yeah, basement yeah. of ACL, of the Moody Theater. But it's a it's a great venue, man. I mean, I'm, clean. Oh, it sounds great there. Yeah. It's clean. clean. The staff is professional. And then, and, then, right. and then Junkyard shows up. 
great <laughs> green room too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel so lucky to live in Austin because that pairing, uh, junkyard and broken teeth is not a pairing that most people will get to see, um, because broken teeth is local and you guys will pass through town and then move on. But what a great combination, broken teeth yeah. and, and, and junkyard. We're like peas and carrots. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me go back. I want to go back to the Geffen Records years. And uh, mm -hmm. our producer, Jared Tootin, was also signed to Geffen Records about the same time as you. His band was called Pariah. And oh, yeah. Was there any, was there any sense among Geffen rock bands at that time that Guns N' Roses was starting to explode and they were getting the lion's share of all the Geffen resources and budget pushed at them at the expense of, you know, Junkyard or Pariah or other bands. Did you feel kind of like, you know, all of a sudden you weren't getting the, the, the love that you needed because the, the big boys were taken off? No, no, they were good to No, you. I think uh, yeah, it, some bands make it, some bands don't. You know, you're either huge or you're, you know, you know, it doesn't work out for everybody. And it's, yeah. it's you know, there's a million factors, you know, and I, I don't get bitter about that. I, I feel blessed that I can still do it at all, you know. Sure. And now yeah. I'm just yeah. bugging for cult status. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you got that a long time ago. So they, Well, that's there. that's true. You want to read my high school yearbook, what, what David Roach wrote in there? Yeah, you got it handy. It's classic. Well, it's on the shelf back over here. Oh, okay. But it basically it said, uh, I think it said, get a lot of girls pregnant and be a I big rock, be a big <laughs> rock star, and uh, so you can support my coke habit. <laughs> I did not say that. Let me go get it. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Oh my god. Oh man. I'm sorry. Dude. I didn't do any of those things either. <laughs> That's classic. I just remember him, uh, you know, when I met Jason, I, you know, obviously I was a junkyard fan. He goes, Oh yeah, I went to high school with David. And then by the way, I, he signed my yearbook. He showed me this and I was like, this is crazy, man. This is so cool. Uh, he's back. Does he have the yearbook? Can't believe I found it. Can't uh -oh. believe I found it so fast. This is going to be funny for two of us. Yeah. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. What year is that? Well, this what was, year is the yearbook? I, I, I'm a dropout. I'm a high school dropout. This was, uh, I, I got, I, I went long enough. I went to, to, to Austin high long enough to, you know, put on the tux and take the senior photo. But I, but I went, mm -hmm. but I didn't, but I left. Yeah. What class were you, what, what class is that from the yearbook? Uh, this is from, uh, I would have been a junior about to be a senior. Like here's Doesn't it say it on the front cover? You here, drop out? No, 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 no one signed it. You're Jason. You're going to be a dropout. So here's no, just, but does it say? Does it say what year it was on the front cover? Yeah, it says 1982, That's which is the oh, year okay. I should have graduated, which I did not. So here's my just my regular picture. It it's hard to you know fuck up the camera. Someone someone wrote in red, fuck you, heavy metal rules. And I would like to say that I look exactly <laughs> the same. You do I would like to say I look exactly the fucking same. But see, the, cool, the cool thing is, is, uh, is uh, David Roach uh, had a photo of your, you had a photo in here that someone included. And it might have been uh, one that Russ Duke. Uh, took that I was mm -hmm. talking about earlier because Pat Doyle posted a bunch of old like punk scene photos and it was a picture of your brother Pat and uh, Felix. Felix. They had to at be the like, show. twelve years old at the Misfit show, right? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you saw that. I just post? I just saw that photo yesterday. So, so awesome. So the Misfit show, the the big boys opened that show, didn't they? Uh, probably would have been them or the dicks. Probably big boys. Yeah, I think I just recently saw a flyer that said Misfits and the Big Boys, and I want to say it was at the Ritz in Austin. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. if you were at that show, uh, you obviously saw Chris Gates. Were you guys friends at that point? Did you were you aware of each other? Well, we were acquaintances. You know, we we actually got um, to be better friends around eighty five, eighty four, eighty five right before he left 
Um, but the big boys were always, you know, they were supportive of all the young bands and, you know, I mean, Biscuit and Gary Floyd from the Dicks, Chris, you know, they always encouraged the, the young bands, no matter how bad we sucked. Yeah. Didn't doing it. Didn't they have like a, a sort of a mantra now go start your own fucking band or something like that. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's big boys. Yeah. So, um, I'm still looking for for this infamous. Yeah, signature. keep looking. I'm gonna find it. You guys I'll, carry on while I look for it. Waiting. It'll be worth it. Yeah, you gotta do your homework before the show, man. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't think that it was gonna be that that like awesome of a moment, David. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and so it's a David, kind of thing. Speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of Chris Gates, you guys, uh, you know, were half of Junkyard. You two moved out to California together and basically. Stopped. No, no, you I met Chris. Right. We, we we reconnected a year okay when we when I moved there a year after him. There Just you are. to make history correct. Wow. Well, there wow. you are. So that's the pagans. There you are with the pagans. Wow. Oh uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. That made and, the yearbook? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have this fucking yearbook? Holy shit. I can't, no. this is like this is not I mean, I kept it because some of my oldest friends are still in here you being one of them you're one of the reasons i kept this fucking piece of shit mike, <laughs> i just I'm never still, i'm still bros with mike solis you know and i know you know mike solis yeah and yeah, I, yeah. and he's in here so here so here you're the first one and notice you're the biggest you're over the commodores bro the commodores are over here and you're as big as they are Wow. So it's with the pagans. <laughs> it says, house. David Rioch creates his own music as singer in a local band, but they don't mention that it was the fucking pagans. Okay, here, you ready? This is yeah. what, and I quote, this is <laughs> your handwriting written <laughs> in black ink. Jason, have a cool life and get a lot of chicks pregnant and become a star and play at special event center and get, that's the Frank Irwin Center special event center and get rich and support my coke habit but don't forget <laughs> me but don't forget me when you get rich just kidding parentheses not really your friend david roach <laughs> yeah, there you go that's classic man that and, is and a what were you saying i did not write that i did not write that you did dude man that i is say a stupid shit all the time well, <laughs> I didn't really want you to impregnate a bunch of women. No, I know that. And I don't worry, I didn't. I, I still support the rest of it though. <laughs> yeah. Well shit. It he's, makes he's still you know, waiting. He's still waiting for you to make good on the rest of it, Jason. If you yeah. 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 <laughs> help a brother out. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, anyway, I'm really glad that I kept this and you're one of the reasons why. Oh, the my, the year I graduated, there's a great picture of me when I the homecoming king and queen picture because i'm more i'm all dressed in punk you know my so and uh chrissy what? looney my queen uh, is in her head cheerleader's uniform <laughs> wow would you have graduated a, would you have graduated a year after me is that what's up i graduated 84 84 so a couple of years because so i stayed in school Yes, you did. So wait a minute. So I was uh I was ahead of you a year kind of thing. Is that right? A couple, I guess. Dude, yeah, a couple. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that I was the old the elder gent between the two of us. <laughs> well, do you remember doing do you remember doing a gig with Watchtower downtown Austin, like on like Red River at in oh my god. Are you sure it happened? Yeah. Yeah, I have pictures. <laughs> right. Then I'm not going to argue with you anymore. You've got all this proof. <laughs> archivist. Right. Every time I try to deny something, you're going you're gonna to prove me wrong. Yeah, not all he's this. Archivist. Prove me a liar. He's about to whip out the flyer. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember archive. the gig? Do you remember the gig at Austin High School? Um, Watchtower played, and was that the same night or no. the same day? Big Boys and Crucifix played? No, I was in a band with Mike Solis. We were just a cover band called Fallen Angel. And there's a picture yeah, of I'm a there's, there's a picture of it in the in the yearbook uh, of what you're talking about. The spring thing. 
Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, and the big boys played and the crucifix or whatever played and they were yeah. all walking around and people were just like, holy Christ, holy shit. Because those guys were fucking I mean, dude, they, they, had they were nails. like they had nails they like English punk rock. Exactly. Big mohawks and yeah. leather jackets of studs. Yeah, they're yeah. The kind of, they're the kind of band that you see on the postcards when you land in Heathrow. Exactly. <laughs> like the, yeah, the turnstile with the you know the it's like the pink mohawks and shit. That's what they look like. Yeah, yeah they were in Austin. Of- Austin punks were more like t-shirt and jeans. So these guys were like, "Fuck." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't getting on their skateboard out right, quitting, you know, skipping school. Right. So they could go skate ditches. That's the kind of punk rockers Austin produced. So yeah, yeah. vans <laughs> and shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when I made, I just reconnected with the, the the girl that I was dating right before I left Austin. Wow. Um, and she just moved from L.A. and she encouraged me to get out there and and do it, but she said you got to change your look. Everybody in LA has a, have an image and you can't look like you just got off your job at the gas station when you go on stage. And I said, well, isn't that a look? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 When you think about, you know, what's going on in those movies I mentioned earlier, when you think about a certain kind of character, like in the dazed and confused, whether you're a hippie or a mm-hmm. punk or a dude, you know, there's a guy with the sh- sleeves cut off and dirty jeans. And then, mm-hmm. you know, n- next thing you know, you see, the dudes in Metallica and Exodus, they're dressed exactly like that. Your parents are hippies and you're rebelling against them. So you're playing louder and angrier music. It's, it's, that's a normal Yeah, because process. it's hard to rebel against hippie parents. They're yeah, so there's nothing cool. really, yeah, there's nothing to rebel against. So you, you find a way, you find a way other than fuck your Led Zeppelin. I'm going to play, I'm going to yeah. play Led Zeppelin backwards and faster. <laughs> <laughs> not talk about love and hippie shit like Frodo and the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So, uh, David, you uh, admittedly, you know, you don't have the steel trap mind that Jason does. But if, you, if, we, went, if we went back to the if we went back to the Geffen years, the first two albums with Junkyard, um, was there was there ever a gig where? You know, did you do arenas as an opening act with any, uh, you know, major headliners or were there any any tours like that? Or were you basically the biggest thing we ever did was Leonard Skinner. Oh, right, right, right. OK. And so when was the Skinner tour? That would have been your second. Album? 91. Yeah. OK. 91, I believe. So how was that? Because you guys there, you seem to be kindred spirits, but. To me, Junkyard is a much rowdier animal. So how'd you go over with the Skinnerd crowd? Well, you know, it's sort of like opening for Grateful Dead or, uh, you know, you know, they don't want to see the opening act. But we did okay. We did fine. And the Skinnerd guys dug us. So, you know, fuck them. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we, we should not be not to. Well, not we kind of got lumped into that Southern rock thing because of Simple Man and because we sort of had that Southern thing i guess when you think about whatever you whatever they're saying you know like in however you get lumped in because you did have some songs that sort of fit into what it is that are sort of pulling you into anyway because of that just just because of that we were compatible for sure oh yeah that's what i'm saying if they were paying attention at all they could have found some some new love for for you know a new band yeah yeah. Well, we never got booed off stage. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like I remember that. seeing Jason and the Scorchers, who I thought were awesome. Oh, and yeah. they opened for uh, Ramones who got booed off stage. Wow. I actually played with Jason and the Scorchers years later. And uh, I told them that story. And they go, yeah, I remember that show. Uh-oh. <laughs> we all laughed about it. But, you know. Wow. So uh, you also. That's another example of how, you know. The Ramones, people who want to see the Ramones don't want to, don't care about the opening band. They want to see the Ramones. So yeah, those, he, it's, the, it's, it's a tough gig. Those bands that are institutions, you know, yeah. they, they, it's like their religion. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, if you bring in your, any kind of new religion, they're like, nope, you need to check your ID. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the Grateful Dead Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, that's our new, yeah. uh, tribute. Right. Yeah, 
<laughs> the Grateful Dead Ramones. But yeah, a cross between Ramones and Grateful Dead hits. Play <laughs> Good Grateful, cover band. Grateful Dead songs fast like the Ramones. It's a tie-dye mm. t-shirt under your leather jacket. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly. That or a tie-dye leather jacket. Ooh, that's <laughs> gross. I'm, I'm throwing up. Okay, let's scratch this idea. Let's, uh, let's so, uh, David, real quick, um, and we'll and we'll let you go. But I uh, wanted to ask you, uh, what was the first memory you have that uh, you know got you hooked on rock and roll? Was it an album? Was it a concert? Was it a band on television? Was it your parents' record collection? What what tripped that switch in your mind and put you here on Talk Louder today? <laughs> well, it was my um, parents' record collection, and I remember. Before we moved to Austin, I moved to Austin when I was six, but I or right for first grade. So I remember where? first grade. Where were you living? Where'd you grow up? In Dallas. Oh, okay. So I remember sitting in the backyard swing and um, like fantasizing about, um, I was singing Maggie May, by Rod Stewart, um, in front of a huge audience. And the audience was split right down the middle with thousands of girls who were these two girls that I had a crush on just multiplied wow. a thousand times. And yeah, I would, that was my, I said, I'm going to sing that was, so yeah. I can pick up these two girls in first grade. <laughs> well, that's an early, that's a really early concept when you, I haven't really heard it quite put that way there's got to be some like uh i, I, I like know, the fact man. that i like the fact that maggie may is the is the song it's fucking that, brilliant that song song yeah, yeah it's incredible yeah. it's so well written uh yeah. there's that and then i'm i just can't get over it uh, you were in first grade that it was that you were such a young you know young character sort of like figuring that out that you wanted to do that um well i wasn't i mean it didn't fully manifest it right then but you know yeah, i moved but, to austin and you know i go to the goodwill and get 45 elvis and drifters and platters and old 56 i love that stuff when yeah. i was a kid and then i graduated into you know beatles and stones and zeppelin and all that um and, and me and my sister Megan, we would like sing all the Beatles songs and write them, write all the lyrics down. And, you know, and I would, I don't even think, I mean, I don't have an original thought in my head. So I was um, <laughs> just singing songs that are, are imitating like a parrot rather yeah. than, you know. So I just thought that was. My boss keeps calling me, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I imitated the, the stuff that I liked. You know, I tried to make impersonations of the of the way they sang, and that's kind of how I learned. Yeah, yeah that that sounds like uh, you know, that's how everybody starts off, and it's not yeah yeah everybody takes in the shower. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and it, and it sounds good in there. At least you think it does. <laughs> and, then you learn, and then you learn about reverberation and natural tone and, and why you yeah. like the way that it sounds in there uh, because yeah. of all the hard, hard surfaces and things. So uh, yeah. it, it's a that's a that's a great I never there's, I learned a lot about David Roach today. And uh, I, I really, really <laughs> yeah. appreciate you uh, as a person. I remember a lot about David Roach today. Yeah, that's great. That's good since we're this shit. By the way, do you know we're recording this and putting this shit out, right? He's aware. I told him. Okay, good. <laughs> you're, you're doing what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an open book, man. I got nothing to hide. I am what I am. Like Popeye is. What that, are you going to do about it? Well, that's what, that's that's what, what makes you. Love, man. Yeah, that's what that's makes you great. And that's why we invited you on Talk Louder. Yeah, and uh, well, I really appreciate the invite. It's been oh, great yeah. talking to you guys. Awesome. It's been a blast, man. I've, and I've I can't wait to fun. see you again, Jason, to have some shows again. Yes. Yeah. yeah let's uh, have a good time. I'll let's hope. Uh, some, let's hope nothing nutty happens between now and then. So positive thoughts. Yeah, that's not for certain. 
Yeah, Leroy. Never really. My boss, Leroy, is coming in to bother me. Leroy. Okay. Yeah, I'll pick him up. I'm I'm, I'm wrapping this up right now. He's on it. Mr. Bus by Bonds. He's, he's walking down the road on the right. Okay. <laughs> so you see him on the right. Yeah, I'll go pick him up. Yeah, somewhere between Bonds and... And he'll pick up old Jorge. This is classic. All right. And this is classic. Okay, well, we before... Before you get fired, we're going to wrap this up and let you go. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, for joining us today. I I don't know if I've laughed so hard on an episode uh, <laughs> I have today. This has been awesome. And uh, look forward to you making your way back to Texas. And I, I always look forward to seeing you in Austin. So uh, do I. in the meantime, give my best to uh, your bandmates. I love those guys just as much as you and I uh, can't wait. Will to do. See I think Muscat has sort of a band crush on you. <laughs> that's fine. I love God. Yeah, I that's, I'm sure that that's yeah. a that's a normal thing. You know what we didn't talk about is uh, those shows that you did with Danko Jones, who I am a oh, huge yeah. fan oh. of, and he loves you guys. And he, I heard him talk good things about you guys. And I, and I, Todd got back to me after those shows we did before the shit hit the fan. And uh, Todd got back to me after those Danko shows you guys did. And Todd was just like, Jason, you were right. He's the nicest guy in the room. He's yeah. the greatest performer on stage, and he likes Junkyard. And I said exactly what I knew. Yeah. Good enough. I knew that, that was going to happen. They like me because I helped him hump gear. Nice. <laughs> Not afraid to do that, right? No, no. You got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's say let's say sayonara to Dave, right. Mr. Roach here. Yeah. Um, Pleasure all on this side of the table. Thank you again, David, for joining us. Uh, we wish you continued success. Safe travels on your way to Texas. Can't wait to see you. On behalf of our guest, David Roach, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast.